Hello, you're listening to the Bonded Books Podcast, where we discuss books, fight over book boyfriends, and the lack of filter is a family trait. If you're lucky, you might even hear one of our dogs barking in the background. Because hey, if we have to deal with them, then so do you. We hope to dazzle you with our discussion while not being hurtful to the authors we feature. Success not guaranteed. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, I couldn't hear you. That was weird. I got a weird message popped up. You know how it is when we try to do this. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then you're not surprised or disappointed. It's all that matters. Well, I couldn't hear you. And then I almost tried to turn up my microphone volume to try to hear you better. That's how sad the state of my brain is at the moment. <laughs> is there any reason why in particular, or is it just life in general? No, it's just everything. Life in general. I've learned I'm much happier if I stop judging myself. I may still do something stupid and go, what the fuck? I'm like, whatever. That's how it is. I used to have, I used to use the excuse, oh, I have way too much on my mind. I'm working. I'm doing all this other stuff. Now I'm not working. I have no excuse. So I've just learned to embrace it. I like it. Yeah, the other morning I went to the ATM and I walk up and I'm standing there waiting in what I've decided is a line. And then after like not that long, (laughs) maybe like 15 seconds, I realize there's two people there at the ATMs, but there's three ATM machines. So I'm forcing myself to wait for no reason. Oh, my God. Yeah, scary. Well, let me ask you this. Have you gotten to the point where you've washed your face with toothpaste? No, but I also don't wash my face unless I'm in the shower. So I don't think I would ever have that. If I did, that'd be extra, extra scary. Well, that's me. That's where I'm at. I Mm. did that the other night. That sounds. I'm like, hmm, what's painful? (laughs) Minty. What's that (laughs) minty smell? And I'm like, motherfucker. (laughs) what's that tingling in my skin yes i've also put my face scrub on my toothbrush oh god well i didn't brush my teeth with it i realized before i did it thank god Mm. i'm like why does this look so different well at least you could still see it (laughs) well as of today yeah my biggest concern is you because look at what you're gonna have to deal with oh i don't know how much help i'm gonna be that's I, you should be concerned for yourself, honestly. <laughs> I'm concerned for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are you ready to talk about this book? Yes. Let me just make that announcement that we talked about for the all right. changing in our scheduling. So right now we do one book a week or in theory, we do one book a week. <laughs> We've been slipping lately. There's been a lot of things happening behind the scenes so we've kind of fallen behind and the schedule's a little messed up so we've decided that we're gonna do every other week or essentially two episodes a month instead of every week four episodes a month so we're just gonna switch to every other week still coming out on wednesdays 
So this episode should come out February 28th. And then the next episode after that wouldn't be until March 13th. So that's just a quick update for people who listen. We're going to have to change how we do the recording and how often we do this. If things start to settle down in life, which (laughs) doesn't look too good, maybe we'll go back to every week. But with the demands of real life, we've decided to go to every other week. I know you're all crushed and brokenhearted, but (laughs) what can I say? We're trying to survive. Really, it really is true. Yeah, things are just super hectic. I find myself coming home from work, eating dinner, and then laying in my bed at 6.30, 7.30 at night and just like being a vegetable. So, (laughs) oh, (laughs) lately. Last at least until 7 p.m. before I go into bed. But I want to read for a couple hours. So I've laid in bed at 7.30 at night in the hopes of reading, and then I don't. I think I read a few pages, and then I pass the F out. I've seen you do that. I'm like, I've never seen a human being go to sleep so so quickly in my entire life. <laughs> but, you know, more power to you. I sleep like shit now, and then I wake up in the middle of the night, and I can't go back to sleep. And I'm not really in a deep sleep because... Every time I try to roll over, there's like aches and pains everywhere. Mm. I'm like, oh, that hurts. So, um, yeah, it's great. I need I need stronger drugs. Yeah. Something. Yeah, you need a checkup or something. something. What's the next level up for you, though? Chloroform? What's the higher <laughs> up? <laughs> Fent- fentanyl, baby. Oh, fentanyl. God. That's just going to kill you. Well, you know, I'll try to um, use smaller doses, but I promise you nothing. Oh, God. Okay. I have to tell you on Mm -hmm. a brighter note. Yeah, so I had one good good day where, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So I told you I went down to the marina finally. After three years of being told there's a marina and me thinking it was just not going to be what it was. Because marinas where I'm from, there's a dock and there's some boats and there's really nothing. But this marina had an amazing walking path along the waterfront. It had a park for families. It had benches along the way to stop. And it was an absolutely beautiful day. I couldn't believe how beautiful it was. I had a wonderful time by myself, just walking by the water. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm going to start coming here every day. And of course, the next day I woke up and felt like, you know, I've been put through a meat grinder. But (laughs) it was it was an amazing place to be able to walk and just relax. And I'm like, I'm going to even bring my crocheting down here or my knitting down here. And I'm going to sit down here and relax by the water. Nice. Yeah, I, I. The only thing I need to find is: are there places to eat down there? I have eaten by the marina before, but I think it would be close to where you were, but not mm-hmm. in that exact spot. I'm shocked. I was really surprised. They have one restaurant, but I think it's only open at night. And I was like, "Oh, this would be a great place. Why would they not do that?" And then they're building that huge monstrosity. My God. I could not believe the size of that thing. And they still have two more years of building on it. 
Yeah, they're doing a lot of construction. They're doing a convention center. They're doing, not in that exact area, but close to there in a hotel and a lot of construction here. Is that thing a hotel that I saw? Is it a hotel? I think so. My God, it's going to have like 5,000 rooms in it. Another waterfront ruined. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so back to the book. Okay, this book is... Ballroom Blitz by Ames B. Winterborn, book one in the Notorious Femmes series. I want to read the trigger warning that was at the beginning of the book because even if we don't necessarily talk about everything, there's a lot of things in this trigger warning I'm not going to talk about in this episode. There, mm-hmm. This was a very long trigger warning, so I feel like I'll just say yeah. it now. And if you don't want to hear about any of these things at all, then turn off now. Yeah. So trigger warning says abusive relationship, past, alcohol, emotional abuse, past, PTSD, queer phobia. Mentions of rape, past. Mentions of genocide, gore, assault, sexism, homophobia, lesbophobia. Mentions of sexual abuse, past. Mentions of child abuse, past. Sexually explicit scenes, incest. Mentions of slavery, death, violence, murder, war. My God, what is not in that book? I've never read a tr- a trigger warning that long. I'm like, holy shit, I hope I can handle reading this book. I didn't read the trigger warning before reading the book because I don't have triggers. So I mm-hmm. wasn't going to put me off. You're so lucky. But yeah, I am. But I do appreciate that she was so detailed in her trigger warning. That's just me making an assumption that this author is a woman. So I apologize if it's not. That a lot of the graphic things like they talk about were in the past so they're not on the page in detail but you know that they happened because the characters think about things that happened to them not necessarily in detail but they think about things they went through when they were younger ames is a woman because i read the thing at the back that talked about her life so it is a woman i just want to let you know i have enough triggers for the both of us so i'm glad that you know i can do that part for you through life and you can sail through without that happening and god bless you may you always be that way i'm more than happy to take the burden on appreciate you for that (laughs) (laughs) thank god where everybody write that down she appreciates me for something because god knows i am a thorn in her side Uh Uh-huh. So after the trigger warning, then there was a playlist for songs, which I also really enjoy. I do. After the playlist was a map, which I actually didn't really look at the map until I was working on my notes. And then Mm. looking at the map after having finished the book, it's not at all how I pictured the world in my head some of the locations they talk about i thought they were actually like separate islands or oceans separating them and they're not they're actually connected on the same piece of land so that was kind of weird to me i did look at the map but i am not a great i i don't study the maps like you do you're really into them i'm more of a oh there's a map (laughs) kind of girl yeah, there's a map there. Rachel like that. But yes, I looked at it before I started the book. And that's all I'm going to say about it, because I really didn't have any interaction with it after that. I might have benefited from looking at the map more because I was oh. really 
really confused in this book with the locations because a lot of the locations start with the same letter from the alphabet. Yeah. So my brain already, as we know from prior episodes, has a problem with that. And then a lot of the characters started with the same letter of the alphabet. So this was pretty much alphabet soup, bananas, bananas, bananas for me Mm -hmm. reading it in terms of world building and stuff. So please don't listen to this episode thinking I'm going to explain the world and what's happening in it because I didn't fucking get it. My brain just wasn't there for it. Yeah, I think there's like a total of six different territories and three of the six start with the same letter. Mm -hmm. It was very confusing. I don't like when authors do that. It's like you got a whole friggin' alphabet to pick from. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to get an in-depth story like this this author provides, then you need to please mix it up a little bit. So people like I, like myself, uh, don't, don't stumble and have to reread the name of something 30 times and still not figure out what realm they're in. Yeah, so in addition to a lot of the locations starting with the same letter of the alphabet, a lot of the characters started with the letter T. So in addition to that, I was like, can't understand the world, trying to keep all the characters straight. I really struggled. I'm going to try my best with the notes I did. And a lot happened. So I'm really, really chopping down the events in this book because so much happened in the story. Well, I think in addition to the characters' names starting with the same friggin' letter, some of the characters had multiple names, and those multiple names also started with the same letter. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was also very hard for me. Chapter one. Okay, so chapter one. Story opens in a tavern called the Fuzzy Unicorn. People there are playing what I'm calling poker. It's not necessarily poker, but it's a game like poker. There's uh-huh. a lot of men playing, one woman playing, and then there's another woman who's sitting on one of the male players' laps. We find out later on as the game progresses and afterwards that these two women were actually working together to swindle the men out of their poker winnings. The woman that was playing, her name is Gray, like the color, and she wins the whole pot of money and a ring that was worth a ton of money as well, or could be when she sells it. That ring belongs to a lord and has been in his family forever. So he's not happy about the fact that she wins, but you're going to put it in the pile. There's a chance you're going to lose it. So the woman that was not playing, but was sitting on the lap, her name is Trace, and she's a shapeshifter. It turns out this isn't what they normally do. They don't normally swindle people out of money. Their regular job is as bounty hunters and assassins, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was funny because it was almost like the swindling of the money poker game was the dangerous job. And their normal, easy day-to-day job was the assassin bounty hunter job, which I thought was hilarious. Right. And they also mentioned that most of their clients are women who are trying to catch that want a divorce, but they need to catch their husband having an affair. And I guess being a shapeshifter really pays off because she can seduce these men, shapeshift into anything, and Mm -hmm. then they get busted. So they're doing this job because they're desperate for money. The ladies actually live 
in the fuzzy unicorn. They have some rooms above the tavern. They have a best friend. His name is Riddick. And he's described as being a werebear or some sort of shifter, oh, right? A werebeast. Beast. Okay. And it says his normal, when he shifts, he's a wolf. But supposedly his father was a werebearer. All I know is he is a gigantic dude that, just my type, a little yes. dangerous, a mm -hmm. shifter, big, dominant, all about it. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the Fuzzy Unicorn is named Leona, and she is essentially the adoptive mother for Riddick, Trace, and Gray. My first quote from the book is when Gray sees a certain guy in the bar. She says, his emerald eyes shined like the jewels themselves. Gray was tall because of her elvish heritage and thick with white hips and toned muscles because of her Isoldian warrior blood. But this mortal, mortal male towered over her. His broad shoulders were covered in a thick leather jacket that fit him tightly enough that she could make out the thick muscles in his biceps. His brown hair, which looked like caramel, was down to his chin. He had scruff that had to be a few days old, but it wasn't thick enough to hide his chin dimple. So she calls him, or she thinks he's a mortal male because she thinks he's a human. Mm -hmm. I, so I guess there's elves, there's shifters, there's humans. There's everything in this book. There's an yeah. orc person in it. There's everything. Dwarfs, hobgoblins. Oh, yeah. All, all the things. Witches, I think. All the things. So this was funny to me because Grey becomes obsessed with essentially winning the pants off of him in mm -hmm. more ways than one. She literally wants his pants because she says they're made <laughs> out of really good leather and she could tailor them to fit her. But also she wants to also get in his pants. And yeah. she makes a bet with him that the first one to wake up the morning after gets to keep the pants. Yeah, that's a hay of a bet. He's all about it though. And I liked this little quote. And also to me, like right away, I was like, I don't think this guy's a human, but okay. It says... Yeah. He casually placed his hand on her knee, and she felt like she'd been zapped by lightning. He started to circle his thumb on her knee, and she let out a moan. He growled. I'm like, oh. Yes, they have an instant connection. So, of course, they end up having sex. They use protection. They actually end up doing it pretty much for all of chapter two. <laughs> but it was so great. Yeah, it was, you know, they... They have several rounds and kind of in between they are talking. So they're getting to know more about each other. And then we're learning about them. And the whole chapter was good. But I, I was actually surprised at the end of the chapter. He actually leaves. He takes his pants with him. But he also mm -hmm. steals that ring from her, which I was not expecting. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. Oh, gosh, I was going to say something about that chapter. Oh, I did think she... Spilled her guts a little too much to him about her and Trace's business. I wouldn't have told a stranger all of this because some of the questions he was asking her, I was getting, I'd be a little suspicious. But mm. I'm suspicious of people anyway. So what can I say? But they do end up having great sex. They do have multiple rounds. And she's passed out in the bed from exhaustion. And he... He does. He takes the ring and he leaves. 
I think her like really big first clue that this guy wasn't a human male was the fact that he could go several rounds throughout the night <laughs> <laughs> and exhaust her much. Yes. Right? Like she's an elf. It probably takes a lot to really like take it out of her, but whatever. Well, yes. And the other thing is there's many times in the book where through her mind, she has this thought, what is it about this man? He's just human. He's mm -hmm. just a human. And I thought, okay, all right, we get that. I don't understand the need to repeat it multiple times, but okay. Well, I think we find out at the end why. It's almost like she's convincing herself that he's a human or she assumes he's yeah. a human because of how he looks, mm -hmm. like, I think is maybe. But she also thinks that he's way bigger than her. It's like, how is a human man way bigger than you? I mean, I, I guess it's possible, just very rare. I have no idea. I've never stood next to a football player, so I don't know. The next chapter is kind of a lot. Now it kind of bounces around from here. So it turns out that Gray and Trace planned to use the ring profits and the poker winnings to travel from where they currently are, which is a location called Agra, to someplace called Yara. And they actually want to continue on from there and go to the magical side of the world, which I guess is all magical with no human humans i'm assuming we don't That's find out too I much about it. that yeah okay where they are now the magical beings are there and they exist out in the open but they're pretty discriminated against like the fuzzy unicorn is one of the few taverns that will still allow magic users to frequent it maybe they want to go to the magical side of the world so that they don't have those prejudices yeah that's what i think is happening we also find out or I'm realizing now in the story that there are multiple love stories happening because we end up getting Gray's love story, but we also get Trace's love story in this book. Yeah, and here begins the trigger warnings. Mm -hmm. Yes, pretty much all triggers happen for Trace. Yeah, for so, Trace. Yeah, she has a horrible backstory from her childhood. She was sold by her father groomed by her purchaser and raped starting at the age of 13 she might have even been a little bit younger than that but that's what i remembered and she ran away when she was a kid i think she was 16 at the time when she ran away and she is a shapeshifter and the only thing she keeps from her prior appearance is the color of her eyes but not necessarily because she wants to they're just really hard for her to change for some reason yeah, they're like ice blue colored eyes that are very distinctive. And so now the stories are overlapping. So Gray is upstairs of the tavern with the mystery man hooking up. Trace is downstairs in the tavern hanging out. And a man appears at the tavern. His name is Duke Dove. And he tells Leona and everybody in the bar that... He knows that they are harboring a fugitive there that's a shapeshifter and that this shapeshifter needs to come out of hiding and give herself up within an hour to the king or Leona is going to lose the tavern for good. Trace decides to give herself up and save all of her friends and Leona. So she leaves the tavern. She goes to the palace. When she gets there, she's in the form of a cat 
And I like that. There's their whole backstory about prior queen loved cats. So cats wander around the palace freely. So she went. So there's just like a lot that happened here. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when she goes, she's in the form of a cat. The king somehow realizes it's her because he says something along the lines of Princess Taryn Cordelia Dove. Reveal your true form or something. We all know it's you. And it turns out that Trace is a princess and her and the king are related and they grew up together. I think they're cousins, right? Yeah, I think they're cousins. This girl, no one is nice to her. Yeah. And so the king is the one that she was sold to who start, who started sexually abusing her that she ran away from. So of course she doesn't want to be there, but she really loves her family or found family found family yeah yeah i just wanted to point out like a small snippet of something that was from the world building that really is part of the reason i have trouble keeping shit straight in this book on her way from the tavern to the palace it says trace noticed an artist on a ladder currently painting prince tiberius prince that would have been king before his brother overthrew him and killed their father tiberius was interested in peace with magics but his hateful younger brother Thalin claimed he was a traitor to the crown and the gods it wasn't a nice picture of tiberius either but one of him right before he was beheaded the king's name is Thalin. the prince's name is tiberius the girl's name is trace all these things and then you have like <laughs> this thing where the prince killed the brother but then yeah. there's like other royal families that are mentioned in the book who also had brothers killing brothers and all these things so it's general was very very confusing for me yeah the only thing i really got out of it is that tiberius would have been a good king and i'm guessing he was next in line for the throne when the original king died when their father died and his brother had him murdered so that he could become king he hates uh people with magic and the only reason he's interested in trace is because trace is a shapeshifter and he's got plans for her power it turns out that her father was well the duke was so awful to her mother that her mother had an affair and ended up getting pregnant with trace so the duke actually hates her because she's not his biological daughter and he spends a lot of time belittling her and physically abusing her it was just horrifying yes she's had a horrible life so far Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. yeah and okay so this story actually jumps around a lot so hopefully it's not too confusing but the next chapter is actually with the mystery hookup guy from the night before the leather pants guy Turns out his name is Nick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he is in a coffee shop across the street from the Fuzzy Unicorn. Yes, he stole that ring from Gray, but he can't seem to pull himself away from the Fuzzy Unicorn and the girl he swindled. He's not really sure why he's obsessed with her. Um, He's convinced this mystery girl is not his mate. He thinks about how he had a mate. And he... He knows that this girl isn't her and she ends up confronting him, demands the ring back, but he says that it's stuck on his finger and he can't give it back to her. And some of their interactions were so funny. They really were. I loved it. Yeah. So she's trying to get that ring back. And so it says she held on tightly to his hand as she yanked at the ring. Alas, it wouldn't budge. 
That hurts, you know, he growled. She dropped his hand. Bloody fucking fucker. Well, I guess that means you're my prison prisoner now. And he says, prisoner? Love slave, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved when they, their banter. It's very funny. So they end up oh, making it. Go ahead. They don't even know each other's name. Yeah, no, it's hilarious. He even, I think, at the coffee shop thinks like, oh, I probably should have figured out her name. But yeah. So they do end up making introductions. He says that his name is Nick Darrow. He's a general and advisor to King Johan from Yara. He says that he also trains the king's son, Prince Crosley, and has been tasked to keep the prince safe while they are in Egra. When he did that, I actually thought that Nick was lying, and I thought he was actually Prince Crosley. I thought it was really weird. I did, uh, Yes, I did too. I'm like, he's yeah, somebody. Yeah, because she says, like, the sole heir to this country's lineage is here in hiding like what the hell were they thinking and so i thought oh like why would he reveal that to her unless he's actually the prince and he's like lying about his identity that's what i thought was happening well that's why i thought the same thing but then i thought she kind of outed her and trace she outed that trace was a shapeshifter to him which is supposed to be a really hush hush secret on the down low and I'm like, these two are just spilling their guts about everything. He's supposed to be on this secret mission protecting the prince. W why is he even telling her that the prince is in town? Yeah, it's very kind of weird. They're very forthcoming with some things with each other. Right. But not everything. No, not everything. So while they're out having these discussions... They hear that the king is going to marry the long-lost princess, which we now know is Trace, that night mm -hmm. at a ball. And they also talk about mates, that she has one because she is an elf. She says that she she says that having a mate is a curse and that she doesn't want one, even though he's a human, quote-unquote human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She thinks it, or it's somehow brought up in the book, that even humans can have mates. So anyways... His response to the whole like mate discussion is that the war killed any chance for me to be with my mate. Gray responds, is she dead? And he says, maybe. I don't know. I lost track of her years ago when she ran away. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I'm convinced that it has to be Gray, right? Because Gray, we know, grew up somewhere else. I'm like, this is very weird. So in my head, I'm thinking he's Prince Crosley, and she's the long-lost mate who ran away from home. That's, That's what, what I was I thinking. Okay. Yeah. And she ends up making him swear a blood oath, which was also interesting because she thinks, oh, he's a human. Or we find out later in the book, he's a human, quote-unquote. And so the blood oath won't actually, like bind him because he's not a fellow elf or fey or something but she doesn't right he doesn't because he's a human and she thinks oh he doesn't know that this doesn't work so i'm gonna just do this blood oath with him mm -hmm. and convince him. him that if yeah if he doesn't do what we're we're swearing uh, to do that he's gonna die yeah so this was kind of weird to me because part of the blood oath she slices her palm 
And normally I would think the other person slices theirs and they like shake on it and share yeah. it that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not this way. She slices mm-hmm. her palm and then he drinks her blood, which by the way, humans don't necessarily do that without getting sick. So that should have been another clue for her. She drink he drinks her blood so much to the point that she has to like push his head off of her hand. Which yeah, I thought and doesn't it doesn't he say that he can feel her magic moving through her when he drinks her blood? I don't know. I was too focused on like how does he not realize from drinking her blood that she is his mate. I thought that would be something to like really clue him in like oh shit this is my mate. But it doesn't. It was very weird. Yeah, it was. That's all right. It kept us guessing, which is, you know, important. I did, if you can for me, if I can figure everything out in a book, it's kind of pedestrian. But if I kept guessing back mm-hmm. and forth and that that did happen to me with this book. Oh yeah, for sure. And stuff I thought I had figured out, I was totally wrong on. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Me too. Yes. So now we're at chapter six and a lot fucking happens in this book. So I just have general notes. Hopefully it's not too confusing for you um, the way I fucking structured this. But there's a lot of world building, a lot of characters. So essentially what happens in the book Trace was forced into a relationship with who is now the king, Fallon, when she, yeah, when she was very young. And then at the age of 15, she started having an affair with a woman named Odetta. And when she was 16, that's when Trace ran away from home. Leona and Gray also have a long history together. Turns out that Leona used to work for the Queen of Isolde named Teresa, Therese, but that woman's daughter went missing. Now I have a question for you, because I didn't necessarily figure this out ever. Was Grey the daughter or the granddaughter of this queen? She's the the daughter. Okay, because... She's the daughter that went missing. I thought she was the daughter that went missing, but then later in the book, Grey has a memory of things that happened when she did meet somebody very important to her life. Her family was there and didn't her family get murdered? And was her mother not there? Was it just like her father and her brother? No, they were, they were all murdered. Oh yeah. Wait a minute. But the queen, the queen. That's what I don't know. Because it said that the queen went into hiding when her daughter disappeared. And so then I was thinking, is Grey actually the granddaughter? Because her mother was the daughter and her mother went into hiding. Why would she have the memory, though, of what happened if she was the granddaughter? It didn't happen to her. If she were the granddaughter, if she was the daughter... Yeah, it was her. It is her. I don't know. That's the thing that we need to write the author and say, whoa, light bulb moment. What is happening here? So I was thinking that, well, actually, I'll just say it at the end because I don't want to give too much away. Anyways, turned out that the queen had a band of female warriors called the Notorious Femmes. 
and that Leona was one of these members of this society of mm-hmm. warriors, and that the notorious femmes disbanded when Queen Therese went into hiding. And also, let's see, Trace is being kept in isolation in the palace, waiting for her wedding night. She keeps having Wait, can interact- I can I say something before we go further in the book? Uh-huh. That what what it goes on before this point to trace is <clears throat> excuse me, is so horrible that I was thinking, oh my God, my heart was beating so fast for her. I think I would have thrown myself out a window before I let this man touch me again. Mm. So Trace is essentially on a suicide mission here with this wedding. And she's decided that she's going through with the wedding. Because on the wedding night, she plans to kill the king. And then she doesn't care what happens to her after that point. I think that's the only reason she hasn't offed herself yet. Oh, so horrible. hmm Yeah, her motivations keep changing or her plans are kind of changing as situations arise. Um, but overall... The main goal is kill this motherfucker, <laughs> right? Right, because he keeps threatening her found family. If she steps out of line, she's in manacles, so she can't shift. She can't shapeshift. And he tells her, if you don't behave this time, I'm just going to start killing the people you care about. Well, and they all knew about her relationship with Odetta. And so he even uses her against trace and at this point trace is like fuck her she betrayed me she did something horrible to me i don't care what you do to her but also deep down deep 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 down i still kind of care for her and so throughout this waiting period until the ball wedding night she keeps having these interactions with odetta and getting seduced by her uh for me i think this is my first female female romance storyline and their scenes together were just as graphic as gray and nick's scenes yeah and there's all uh, there's all kinds of sexuality going on in this book everybody to me is like fluid or you know same sex or heterosexual it was pretty interesting oh that through one of their conversations of Trace and Odetta kind of butting heads, we find out that ever since Trace left, it's been 13 years since she ran away. In those 13 years, Odetta has become one of the king's concubines or the favorite concubine, if you will. And she actually has a child with the king. And he has a huge group of people in his harem, lots of concubines that he's regularly with. But Like you said earlier, he's obsessed with Trace because of Trace's power. Right. This whole story takes place in about 48 hours. So now it's the night of the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When the wedding happens. It might even be like 36 hours. It's crazy. And so there's a lot of storylines that are happening at the same time because you have all these characters in different situations. So Trace is set to marry the king. Gray arrives at the ball with Nick, trying to rescue Trace. Gray ends up getting kidnapped and quote-unquote sold to a guy named Prince Paris, 
who's visiting yeah, from another crazy. country. Yeah. Crazy. This guy accuses Gray of the death of his brother and is the prince of Essenadia. Saying that wrong, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I couldn't and... have said any of these words you've said. So I'm so okay. glad you're <laughs> saying them because I'm like, Prince P is mm-hmm. the prince of E. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, in my head, when I was reading the book, I was like, he was Prince of Banana Banana because everything with the letter <laughs> E was just banana to me. <laughs> yeah. This was an interesting change of event when she got sold. Yes, it was just so many things kept happening and so many wrenches got thrown into things. I was like, oh my fucking God. And then also... Odetta and all of the fucking concubines are now scheduled to be executed the day after the wedding and are all thrown in jail. There's just like so much happening. And then when Grey is with this Prince Paris, she starts freaking out because it gives her a memory of when her family was killed when she was a child. Prince Paris was there at that event with his brother who was her mate yeah so this was weird because she knew when she looked at this guy that he was pretty much her mate but then later on they only recognize each other a different way or i don't okay i haven't gotten there yet i'm jumping ahead yeah so anyways and all of his buddies end up using what i'm calling is a misting powder or power to rescue them they're like throwing fucking fairy dust and like winning in and out of the palace Mm -hmm. it's very interesting and they're transporting a bunch of people from the palace to a ship and also on the ship is leona and riddick and we find out now so much more stuff like at the end it was fucking so much more yes there's definitely no wrapping it up. This is definitely like we are going full steam ahead for book two and this series at this point. Turns out that Nick is actually her mate and he is the brother to Prince Paris. Paris thought that he was dead this entire time because Nick's, I guess, been in hiding or something. And he's also able to change his appearance. So Paris did think yeah. he was dead. And... Uh, Nick admits to Gray that his real name is Galen and he is the crown prince of Essenadia. Yeah, so he has, they mentioned several times in the book that they see shadows in Gray's eyes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he has, when they're younger, when she's a child and they invade her home, he has you you know you find out right away one of them seems to be the good brother and one of them is the bad brother and the good brother didn't want her family to be killed he wanted something else to happen and he has these white shadows in his eyes so Mm -hmm. he is well i won't even say what he is but Yeah, so she's totally blown away when he comes in and he changes back to his original form and it turns out he is the prince and her mate. Mm -hmm. 
And at this point in the book, we learn about a prophecy that's surrounding Gray and her mate. And it says that Gallen and Gray together will bring light and life and death, essentially, to the world. And uh-huh. this was very weird to me. Gallen didn't realize that Gray was his long-lost mate until, and I quote, he came inside her and their eyes glowed with unadulterated power. This was the weirdest way to realize that you're somebody's mate to me. Well, I just took it all in strides. It's all fantasy. Yeah, okay, I guess. It was just like he drank her blood. That didn't trigger it. They had sex with a condom. That didn't trigger it. But then when he's actually like, full steam ahead i guess it triggers it i don't know it was weird yeah. <laughs> yeah and i the other thing too was i thought if your mates the pull uh, and again it's fantasy so it the uh, possibilities are endless in fantasy but you know mates have always been written that there's a pull to each other and there was a pull between them but they kind of discounted it because they didn't so much believe in love and they thought you know oh it's just a really good fuck buddy Mm -hmm. so i was kind of surprised that when they find out their mates she's so livid with him and i don't blame her because she thinks he killed her whole family right yeah and this was really interesting because at this point they almost turn into enemies when she finds out he is the mate because she actually does not, she's serious. She does not want a mate. And there was more like world building is what I'm calling it. That got confusing at uh-huh. the end, this chapter and the epilogue, because now oh we God, find yeah. out that there's, there's a war brewing between the Fae and the gods and we find out about this whole prophecy thing. And Gallen says that he wants to wed Gray, finish their bonding, and just return to his homeland, destroy his father, and win the war. I don't necessarily understand the prophecy because I thought Gray was an elf, not a fae. But maybe the elves are a type of fae in this book. I and- thought elves were fae. What is a fae then? I thought fae was... I. Who knows? Well, <laughs> I, I, I fucking don't. So this was part of the prophecy in the book. It says, The one with the dark shadows will be the destruction of all realms, death incarnate, and the fallen fae will weep while the gods will celebrate the end of life itself. Only the light of life can stop her, and he will be the savior of the world. So essentially, Gray is the death incarnate, and uh, Galen is the light of life. They're like, uh, that's how I'm taking it to be. They're like yin and yang. I think they're supposed to be like the yin and the yang. But he also tells her, one, he tells her a lot of things. He tells her that his his father is basically an evil person. So he wants to overthrow his father. I was very confused with the humans are slaves in certain areas. And in other areas, it's the Fae that are slaves and are um, their prejudice towards 
that was very that was confusing but i think he tells her that the prophecy that she learned isn't the quote unquote true prophecy that together they're going to basically be able to save the world and save the magic and she had been taught that when the prophecy came true the world would be destroyed and he's saying no that's not true yes and i so this is part of the reason why i think maybe she's the granddaughter because if her mother knew the prophecy of what would happen with her daughter or what would happen to the world if her daughter ever met her mate she wanted to hide her daughter away yeah so that's what I think. She was in hiding. So that's why I think she's actually the granddaughter for the Queen Therese, Queen of Isolde. Anyways, the book essentially ends with her revealing. Turns out Grey's also a fucking princess because she says, I am Princess Grayson of Isolde, the heir to the throne and the prophesied Fae of Death. So she is Fae. Yes, I I guess. So the book ends on a cliffhanger. Gray and Gallen are essentially enemies at this point because she hates his guts and doesn't want her mate because she doesn't want to be this fae of death. And they're on the run and a bunch of shit needs to happen from here on out. So it definitely ends on a cliffy. Well, plus I was really pissed because this whole book is spent trying to rescue her friend and her friend when he teleports through the mist the people out of the castle trace gets left behind i think that's another reason she's so pissed at him because he takes her off of or not <laughs> off of out of the palace and she's really pissed off because she's like what the hell i was there to rescue my friend and now i can't because you've fucking ruined everything but we find out, he tells her, I am going to help you rescue her. We are going to do that. Because he's also Faye, and they did the blood oath. The blood oath is really works between two Faye. It doesn't work between a human and a Faye. So he tells her, I gave you my blood oath, so I am going to help you rescue her. Mm -hmm. Yes. I guess all, you know, the funny thing. The f the weird thing is, for all the stuff we talked about in this book, there was so much more that happened that we didn't even talk about. Oh, my God. So this book was a little less than 300 pages long. So much happened in it that this is like the really, really chunked down version of everything that happened. Yeah. It's like yeah. fucking crazy. But anyway, so what did you go ahead for my rating? You want me to say the rating? Yeah, what did you think of this book? So I think I would give it three wet panties or, I mean, maybe more because I really liked the characters and their relationships with each other. I liked Gray and Nick, a.k.a. Gallen. I liked the other story of Odetta and uh, Trace. And mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what happens with Riddick. But I was so fucking confused for a lot of it that it was hard for me to read it because I wasn't understanding a lot of the world building and I was getting confused. So I'm a little conflicted in my rating for it. But 
I am actually interested to see what happens with them in future books. Yeah, and unfortunately, that book is not out yet. Correct. I think maybe April or something. It comes out in... I think it's in August. Oh, uh, man. Okay. I tried to pre-order it, but I couldn't. Something failed on my phone, which, you know, what a surprise. Mm. Everything. <laughs> Technology. I think I am one of those people that has the magnetic part of them that interferes with all technology they touch and a watch that's me nice <laughs> that's funny <laughs> what would you rate it so i have mixed emotions about this book i actually i don't i loved this book i would give this book probably four wet panties there were things in it that I found confusing, like not being able to realize. I still think that Grey is the daughter of the queen. And I think that the, I think other things are going to come out, but I think she is the daughter of the queen and that she ran away uh, after the slaughter of her family. But was it her real family? I don't know. Maybe her mother was, had her in hiding. It'll be interesting to find out, but I really liked the characters. If I can read a book and the book makes me nervous, if I'm nervous for what is going to happen to these characters, to me, it's a good book because I'm invested and I felt very invested in this book, but there was a lot of stuff going on at one time. Like she's having sex with, Nick on the balcony then the prince is there having sex with somebody on the balcony and I'm like Jesus Christ oh my god we didn't even talk about Prince Crosley who was not no, Nick, we didn't as it turned out yeah and he's got his own like love story yeah, situation drama. happening with somebody yeah we didn't even mention him totally shocking yeah I really like this book. It was very different. It was really interesting. I wish some, I definitely wish the characters and the places had different letters to begin their name. Mm -hmm. And there were parts that I thought were repeated that could have been left out to maybe not make the book so long. I don't know. Yeah, it says Trace and Gray's story continues August 2024. Okay. That's what it says in the book. But I really liked it. I like this author. Um, and I would recommend it because, of, like I said before, even though we talked about a boatload of stuff that happens in this book, there is so much more that happens. Mm -hmm. So much more. <laughs> so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, well, I hope that this com actually comes out in August and is not like one of those authors that, you know how we've read authors before and they have another book coming out. Like there was one series I was really vested in and they kept postponing the release date. I finally gave up. I don't give a shit about reading the fourth book. I hope this comes out because I would definitely would read it and recommend it. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part with reading a series is that I want to read all of the books, but then sometimes the wait is so long between books, I lose interest, and then I never end up actually finishing them. Well, the blessing for me is I forget about books. So if I'm waiting for 
and I don't write things down because I I have enough crap going on and thrown everywhere in my house. I uh, I don't keep like a an Excel spreadsheet of books that I need to follow up with down the road when the the next in the series is dropped. Yeah, but then if I don't try to keep track, then I'll I'll forget and then I'll just never finish it. Yeah, I'm just saying I'm happier that way. Oh, <laughs> got it. <laughs> I really do want to read the next book. I would be very happy to read it. I do like this author. But, you know, if I forget about it down the road, it's okay. Because there's so much other stuff going on. But there are times where I wish I had a good author to read. And I've blown through almost all of Katie Wilde's books she has out. So it's kind of hard for me to find an author that I like. Because I want them to just prolifically be writing and writing and writing. No breaks for you. I know, sad. So, speaking of which, what else are you reading? Because I haven't read anything. I read a couple of, of course, T.S. Joyce books. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I just, I pretty much just focused on the book, this book, because um, I downloaded a book by Katie Wilde, but I haven't started it yet it's called going nowhere fast i have no idea what it's about but i finished the two books that were in the um the borland series of the t.s joyce books there's only two in the series so i really have not been reading anything else there's way too many other things that i'm bouncing around between i guess okay and so i actually read something way out of something way different from what I've usually read. So I was reading a hockey romance and you do read those. Yeah. I do really like sports romance actually. And so I had to stop reading this because I was like, Oh crap, I have to read this book for the podcast. So the one I started and I think I'm maybe only 20% into it is Axel by Samantha whiskey and it's a hockey romance. And I was inspired to get back into those because we went a week or two ago to a local hockey game. And oh, yeah. So I saw that fun. on your page. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised you're into that kind of stuff. But what do I know? I don't know you. You're virtually was, a stranger. That was my first time ever watching hockey. Oh, never been to a hockey game before i've never watched them on tv that was the first time i've always wanted to go it's a local team they were doing a star wars themed night oh my god game and it was actually really fun they do it once a year so that's why i was like okay jackie would have loved that yeah we my friend jackie would have loved that oh you did did they like it the kids had so much fun watching it that we weren't even gone yet. And they were like, we need to go back again and watch more hockey games. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> I think it's actually, in my mind, very similar to soccer in that you have the nets on either end of the, well, the rink, not necessarily the yeah. field. And the uh-huh. kids have played soccer. We've watched a lot of soccer games. So I think the transition wasn't too hard for them because it was kind of similar in the goals of the team like you try to 
get your puck into the net, like you would get the soccer ball in the net and you're going back and forth. And as we know, it's very violent. It's a very fast pace. Yes. <laughs> and is that yeah. why you like it? Are the romance books violent or is it the big, long, hard sticks they hit back and forth that you like? I mean, all of the above, to be honest. Okay. But, um, I think that might be part of the reason that the kids liked it. At the end of the game, they were fighting with the other team. And so it was oh. kind of fun. You don't see that in soccer, right? You don't see them fist fighting right. in the games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it about hockey that just sends men over the edge that they... Because they do end up in a brawl a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're... Are the Canadians, like, outwardly nice, but, like, inwardly, like, brawlers, maybe? <laughs> no. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any Canadian people. I don't either, but most, you know, they announce the players and where they're from. Most of them were Canadian or some sort of European, which makes sense. Well, sure, where it's, where it's cold and it snows and there's ice to actually skate on. Yeah, we don't have that here. Maybe a surf contest or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mavericks. So that That's the book that I read. And the only other thing I've been doing is watching TV. Love is Blind came back on Netflix. And um, I watched so mad how they're how they're dropping it, though. There's nothing last season. I don't like it. There's nothing for me to watch. I'm actually I think I told you trying to rewatch The Witcher from season one thinking, well, maybe if I watch it again, I'll understand it a little more. And I'm like halfway through season two. And I'm thinking, I thought yesterday, why the fuck am I even pretending to watch this? I have no idea what's going on. I I have, I wish I knew somebody that knew what was going on because nothing is clear. It's like they have one adventure after another, one beast after another, but there's no explanation as for me as to what's happening. The only thing I got was the golden dragon. That part I got. Other mm. than that, I don't know if Siri's a good person, a bad person. I don't know if uh, I don't know anything about that show. I guess I need to stop watching it. Well, I mean, you're not going to watch it anyways because Henry Cavill's not in it anymore. So what's <gasps> who cares? I know. Are they? Who are they going to? Liam Hensley. Who are they going to have take their his place? The Hemsworth brother. Yes, Liam. Yeah, no, pass. You're not going to watch it for that. Well, I don't even understand what's happening. I mean, sometimes I just like to have background noise on when I'm, I told you, when I'm crocheting or painting or sewing or whatever. Mm -hmm. I hate to tell you, guess what I'm listening to? Uh, you're listening to some sort of Lisa, Lisa Kleypas, aren't you? Yes, I am. I knew it. Oh, my God. I'm listening to the Wallflower series again. Did you buy this or is the library going to do a wellness check on you? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm eighth in line now for oh, the fourth wing. For the fourth wing. Oh, so I'm just okay. trying to pass time. Mm -hmm. I went from number 58 to, you know, I can't wait to get that book, but I can't help it. I, and because I don't have a memory like a steel trap anymore, I am remembering more and more. You would think that I'd be able to quote this book, the Lisa Kleypas books, by now by heart without even listening to them. 
I mean, yeah. I'm currently listening to an audiobook by Brandon Sanderson, which is a huge, gigantic fantasy author that I don't know if I'm really oh, cerebral. Your phone cut out and I don't your know phone if I'm cut out and I need to hear this. So what did you hear? Rachel? Yes. Brandon. That's okay. It. Okay, so the author is Brandon Sanderson, and he's a gigantic fantasy author that I don't know if I'm smart enough to understand. So I'm trying oh, an no. audiobook by him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. If you I have no hope if you're worried about you understanding. I don't know if I'm gonna get it, but this book is called The Way of Kings. And so I'm really, really short into it. And we'll see if I'm able to finish it. And um, I am waiting for um, the Iron Flame audiobook to come out on from okay. the library. And I'm waiting for, I think it's book four in the Jenna Showalter series that I'm actually really kind of obsessed with. And it's called The Wrath. And it says I'm second in line but it also says there's a two-week wait so we'll see i think i downloaded one of her books the warlord to read it's okay a long list of shit i want to read yeah I, all i can think of is the day that you and i finally got to discuss the last book by sarah moss the house of flame and shadow and you to me transformed into someone i didn't even recognize you were so into so many rabbit holes of this book and this series mm -hmm. i'm like oh my god i think she's having a seizure because it was so much i'm like i don't understand what you're talking about i was so blown away by how much you knew that I was thinking, well, I guess I could try the way of Kings and then ask you. And then I just realized, no, I, I can't because this, the Sarah Moss book was enough of a eye opening experience for me mm -hmm. of how you are leagues beyond me in this stuff. I will say that I'm a little bit like that meme from it's always sunny in Philadelphia with Charlie at the, pin board conspiracy that you always see with red strings when it comes to her books i am that yeah you are that is perfect yes i know exactly which one you're talking about yeah mm -hmm. that's perfect for you anyways yeah i'm just watching some tv i did watch a good movie i thought it was kind of funny on netflix called players the players and it was like a short rom-com if anybody's interested in a movie and it has the guy from thomas something i think is his name from lucifer oh i'll have Who, to check it out thomas e something i think his last name starts with an e or is something it the lucifer guy himself because he, yes oh my god talk about hot 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 man yes it is so um if you want to watch a movie with him in it and it was actually really cute and funny so okay recommend that on netflix but otherwise i really haven't been doing much of anything recreational so well next week we're going to the uh the great junk find the so junk hunt yes 
The junk hunt. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the um yeah, I have some stuff coming up. I the same day that this episode comes out, I'm going with some friends and my oldest to a discussion about serial killers. So that'll be interesting. What? <laughs> Where's that? What? It's it's in a not in our town. It's in a town nearby. Okay. Um they're doing I don't know. It's like a discussion on like the psychology of serial killers. So we're going to do that because with some she, friends. She really wants to go do this or how did you even find out about it? One of my friends mentioned it and then I was like, "Oh, this is totally up my oldest yeah. true crime girly alley." Yeah. Oh my god. So they I don't I don't think I have the list. High school is way cooler now than it was when I was in high school. So right now she's doing her science class is forensics. How awesome is wow. that? Wow. And mm-hmm. then next school year, she's got like all these other classes that she can take that are like criminology related. It's really cool to oh, me wow. how the high school classes are catering to actually setting you up for a career that you're interested in. My classes were not like that at all. Well, my classes were, but they were things like typing and shorthand so that a mm-hmm. woman could have a career after she graduated high school. Yes, there home was ec. nothing. Home ec, that was junior high. It was mm-hmm. disgusting. And then, yeah. of course, the guys have uh, the... Even doing the car mechanics would have been better than doing that stupid typing class because, you know, let's all stay in our our peg. Yeah, I wish they still did that. Trade jobs are good jobs. Oh, absolutely. I agree 100%. Well, oh, that's anyway, like fun. we've been talking for a long time, so we should probably sign off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. It's time to go have lunch. Oh, yeah, I'm starving. Um, So, yeah, anyways, um, every other week. and Oh, should we announce the next book? Yes. Okay, the next book is, hold on. No, maybe we should not. I've changed my mind. No, no. Surprise. Tune in. Come back in two weeks and you'll find out. Yay. Bear, stop. Oh, my God, this goddamn dog. He's got such a Pavlovian response to me ending the podcast. Hilarious. Every time he gets up and starts shaking his head and he's like, okay, we're leaving the room. We're going to go. Yeah, he's ready. Oh, geez. All right. All right. Have a great day, honey. All right. Talk to you later. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bonded Books podcast. You can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple podcast. Our email is bondedbookspodcast at gmail.com and check the show notes for a link to all of our social media.